Good evening. Good evening, sir. Guess what? What's that, Ryan? It's a Tuesday night, late September, and we're back! Oh my god, man, we're back. We're back! We're back! Ugh, I've missed this this format, this podcast. Yes. This medium, this vehicle. Us for just our talking. opinions. Film news, film discussion. You know, you don't really know uh, how much you needed it in your life until you, you start again. And here we are. I know. Like, just to get into the groove of it and watch watch our films and prep and get the news ready just for this. Like, after how many weeks we go? We went seven weeks in a row. We got, oh, yeah. We, and, we, we did. We got through two directors. We did very – we did pretty good. And, y'all, here's the thing. We're really amping it. Excuse me, y'all. We're really amping it up for season two of <laughs> Beyond the Screen with Ryan Gum and Cole Ballinger. Because, Ryan, would you care to inform the audience what our, uh, our, our next episode is going to be about? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is week one of none other than Stanley Kubrick. Now, if you guys remember from our format before, we, we pick a director, we give them four weeks, we go through as many movies as we possibly can, and we give them a deep dive alongside of other movies we've seen as in newer films. But the premise is to go through as many directors as we can and as many of their movies and eventually give them their own ranking, kind of maybe go through, maybe we'll do one episode in the, in the distant future where we go back and we rank every director we've gone through so far. So far, we've done Robert Eggers, and David Fincher. We were going to move on to Wes Anderson. We had our little hiatus because of you know, late summer and then early school year in terms of the semester. We're both seniors at Eastern Kentucky University. Um, but, but we're back with Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick. And his films like, you know, Fincher and, you know, I would say that, that Eggers may be closer to Kubrick. Oh, for sure. Fincher. Fact, oh yeah, but like uh, uh, there's nothing that. we we did probably many times, but mm-hmm. a, a Kubrick film is just the levels above anything else you can see. I I've always known Kubrick as the greatest uh, director of all time, and maybe this month will disprove that, but I doubt it. No, no, I I like even. I feel like this week we probably watched, like, in my opinion, like, not his worst, but not his, like, overarching best, and it was still a really good movie. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, somewhere probably in the middle of the pack for Kubrick. Right. Maybe towards the, the better end, I would – well, there, Kubrick's got some great films. I can't even say that. Probably somewhere in the middle. Um, but then again, tint. Like, both Kubrick films that I've watched in the past few days have been definite. Tip. Yeah. So if you guys, sorry to, sorry to let the cat out of the bag, folks. No, no, you're good. Hey, it's better to have the ranking now. We'll discuss it again and we'll go back over it later. So if you guys, we do have a new format. We teased in our last few episodes that we did. If you were around a couple months ago, three months ago. Um, so instead of us having one long near three hour episode, we're going to have two episodes kind of spread out a little bit. So, if you're listening to this, it is Wednesday, uh, September 28th, and this will be about an hour to an hour and a half of us discussing film news, box office winners, and so so on and so forth. And then what will come out probably Thursday or Friday will be an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hour second episode of this week where we discuss, Cole, give us our movies. Which movies are we going over? Our first film is Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Which 
is probably my favorite title ever. I love. I'm a sucker for the uh, the long title. Love it. It's probably like when I read that because I keep forgetting that that's a thing. And then when when the the beautiful like just the like the hand drawn art comes across the screen with the plane and you see the the whole title, it's just like ah yes. Yes, and I I've never been more entranced by font in my life. I know it was like just that itself. You saw it and it was like this is our this is gonna be an interesting movie. Okay. Um. And our. Our next one um, is two years prior. Kubrick came out with a little film based on the 1955 novel Lolita. And uh, this is his take on the famous novel by Vladimir Nabokov. Also, Dr. Strangelove is based off of the book Red Alert by Peter George, which came out in 1958. Yes. So... Before we talk any more about this, because knowing us, we'll get stuck in the in the uh, the wormhole that is Stanley Kubrick, and we just won't come back. Um, let's let's go ahead and shift our focus to the box office winners. I want you to guess, Cole, who won the box office this weekend? I have no idea, Ryan. Not by any means could I even take a stab at this one. Uh. For I've taken uh, a bit of a hiatus myself, and that's you know both from this podcast and from social media. So I've not been following films this close. That's, I mean, hey, so, what's wrong with that? Would you like me to guess? Take just any stab. Just go ahead. Throw I have knife. no idea what's out. Um, I Barbarian is in the theater. I know it's not the winner, but I, it might be top five. Barbarian is top five. It is number four. We go through, for those that are new and those that, just as a reminder for those that have listened before, we go through the top five films that won the box office this weekend. Barbarian sits at number four, having grossed $4.8 million this weekend. Pretty shabby if you ask me. It's pretty good. Its total gross so far is over $28 million. Oh, okay. I thought, yeah. I, I didn't realize it had been out for a couple of weeks. It has been. It was at number two last week. Um. So, your guess was Barbarian, so now we'll move on to actually who won Don't Worry, Darling, starring Florence oh. Pugh and Harry Styles, comes a, comes away with a cool $19 million this past weekend, and it's opening. Don't Worry, Darling. Yeah, Don't Worry, Darling. Yeah. Um, I, something to say about that one. I was very interested by the trailer when I, it when I saw like it. It looks a beautiful I, I, film. I think I saw it twice in the theaters. Um. The trailer. It looked wonderful. I haven't, I haven't seen it. That might be something we have to go to watch for for next week. Oh well, I've heard it's a, a like a like a raccoon on fire. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. Like I, I hate to compare anything to the MCU because that's something I do want us to try to like not talk about all the time as a film thing is the MCU. But it, it the, the look of it kind of reminded me of like the uh, the plot line of like Wandavision where it's like oh everything's fine and then it slowly um... disintegrates. Oh no! So like, I mean, yeah, WandaVision was cool, but like, it did it one time, and now I'm over it. I know that's what I'm saying. So like, like that is a that's what it reminded me of when I watched the trailer, but it looked more sadistic, which had which is what's going okay. for it. It did look uh, very sinister, especially Chris Pine's character. Yes, I I love everything about like Florence Pugh is is uh, um, like alongside of like Anya Taylor Joy and Anna De Armas are probably my favorite. And uh, um, shoot, who's 
Oh, gosh, I'm losing my train of thought. My favorite actresses of all time, Florence Pugh's up there, but Harry Styles and Chris Pine just kind of take the cake with uh, the casting in this movie. So I, I'm definitely going to be watching that one. That and Barbie. No, no, no. No? Who did Chris Pine play? Captain Kirk? Yeah. <laughs> Florence Pugh is a wonderful actress. She's, she she's is fantastic. In in my opinion, like if it was if, if I was in charge of the money, I'd be paying her way more than Styles. Oh yeah. I mean well she is the main character. I don't I'd like to see that yeah. the funding for that. Like who got paid what. I would too. Yeah. So don't worry, darling. Comes in at number one. Number two, the woman king. Ah, the Woman King. The Woman King comes in at an eleven million dollars over the weekend, making its total gross at thirty-six million. That's from TriStar Pictures. Yeah, my uh, my buddy told me maybe about some historical inaccuracies um, that might be portrayed in the film. Uh, do you know anything about that? No. See, that's the thing is that like I I know it's got Viola Davis and it's got John Boyega and Lashana Lynch. And I know I'm isn't uh um shoot Jordan Peele associated with it in some way or am I just dreaming that? Perhaps I don't. I'm I not really sure. A, I thought he was a producer, but no, no, no. You know what? I'm mistaking it for uh, the film about the pastor. Sorry, I watched Nope and both his, Jordan Peele's associated movie and this came back to back. So I think I'm mistaken. But no, I don't know anything about this movie other than it's the Woman King. Um, just from a click quick uh, glance online uh, it's, it's heavily fictionalized um that that's for sure john boyega's in it as well yeah um he's king that's, Gizzo, that's Gizzo. wow yeah um well maybe we'll have to watch it it, it seemed uh, quite intriguing so yeah yeah it's i mean it's getting pretty good ratings across the board i mean uh it's, it's kind of middle of the road on imdb at a 6.1 out of 10 rotten tomatoes gives it a 94 and metacritic gives it a 76 so pretty much across the board, we we don't know across the board on, uh, you know, above 50%. So Bad. We'll, we'll have to watch it for ourselves, Ryan. Yeah, we were, I think so, too. So uh, the synopsis from the Google, as Professor Randolph would say, a uh, shout out, Professor Randolph, if he ever listens to this. The Google. The Google. In the 1800s, a group of all-female warriors protect the African kingdom of Dahomey with skills and fierceness unlike anything the world has ever seen. Faced with new, a new threat... General Nansika, Naniska trains the next generation of recruits to fight against a foreign enemy that's determined to destroy their way of life. Um, yeah, it sounds violent, which is what I like. It does. It's a, it, it does sound pretty promising. If it's based off of something historical and it just blatantly kind of disregards that without being like, hey, this is super fictionalized, that's kind of sucky. But... If if it is just like, hey, we're taking a super fictional approach to this true story, and they're like, they're like open to that, I think that's okay. Like that's cool. To me, it just depends on how cool it is. Yeah. Like if it's cool, it doesn't really matter. But if it's a bad movie, then like, I don't know. That's probably the worst way to look at films. Then all of my professors would be quite disappointed. But that's just that's how it is for most viewers, I guess. Like. If you're going to go watch an action movie, like you want it to be dope. You don't want it to be just a bunch of people having conversations the whole time. Right. Um, like Tarantino's films, like they don't have a disclaimer at the beginning saying like, oh, like this is not how history went. But no one cares about that because there's people's like, blood and guts spilling all over the screen. 
Right, but at the end of the day, I do feel like, so like, for instance, when you reference T uh, Tarantino, I immediately think of uh, Once Upon a Time. And and that's the thing, is that like, the I don't think that that needed a disclaimer, simply because the title is the disclaimer. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's a story. Yeah, like everyone understands, and like, I, that's the thing, is that like, I felt like even going in without the title, I do feel like the overarching consensus was this was a historical reimagining. This isn't, this is historically... At, to a point, it's accurate about the people in it, but the events that happen are completely fictional. Um, and I feel like, like, like I said, everyone kind of understood that going in. And I'm not saying that, like, who's a director of uh, of, of the Woman King? Uh, Gina Prince Bythewood. Uh, sorry, Bythewood. I'm not saying that, that Gina Bythewood needs to go in and be like, hey, this is, you know, not completely accurate historically. Like, she doesn't need to, like, make, like, a big spectacle of it. But, like, I just feel like if... It just sucks if you model it and you say it's a it's say imagine you create a biopic and you say it's a biopic, but almost everything about the true events you add fiction to it. Like it's completely fictionalized. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like a, the biggest criticism of uh The Greatest Showman is that it was advertised as a biopic, but everything in it is completely fiction. Yes, that's about uh like P. T. Barnum, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, and it, Listen, it stars Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman is P.T. Barnum, and it is one of my favorite movies ever. I didn't think I liked musicals until I watched this movie. I listen to the soundtrack regularly. I love that movie. The story's interesting. The music's great. The acting's phenomenal. Like, I love that movie, but there's always that little bit of me that will always kind of not, not take away from it a lot, but take away from it just a little bit because the promotion for it said it was a biopic, and it's just not. It's just not a biopic. Um trying to think are, are there are there, there any other uh, biopics that you can think of that kind of share that uh you know problem mm, that's a good question we're in that the, we're in the golden era of uh biopic films really we really are um i feel it so the last biopic i watched was elvis and i felt like that was a uh see if you want to take that so like it, for elvis it was more little details um that's Elvis is a good movie. I wouldn't watch it a second time because the like the way I watched it is I watched it in an IMAX theater in Regal in Hamburg, and I had the full surround sound, and we had the middle seat, so I had the perfect view of it. And I there are times when I genuinely forgot I was watching a movie and thought I was at a concert. Right? Oh, I'm sure it was just splendor it the was entire time. Awesome to watch it in theaters. But if I had to sit and watch it at home on my normal TV, even if I had like the the surround sound, I feel like that would take away from it. Um, but in terms of off of that movie, in terms of that movie as a biopic historically, I don't know. I know it's, it's decently accurate with like the singing and what kind of like what went into the downfall of, of Elvis Presley. But I also know that Tom Hanks's character, um, I'm going to look it up so I can remember his name. Um, Parker. Uh, it was, Carl? hold on. Tom uh, Parker. Uh, I'm going, I'm going, uh, Tom Parker. Yes. Um, yeah. His the character Tom Park or uh, Tom Hanks plays Tom Parker did not have an accent. He was not like he did not sound foreign at all. He was from he wasn't born in America, but he was raised here, so he didn't have an accent. And a bunch of the stuff like it's a lot of the stuff that transpired from the perspective of Tom Parker didn't actually happen. From yes. what I understand, he is the unreliable narrator, though. Exactly, which is yeah. The point I was about to make too is that like that's the point. Is that like of the story is that it's from his perspective. So I, I don't know. Like I, I would like, I don't want to say anything. Well, and I hate to take that to what we're going to talk about uh, for the next episode, but that's a lot like uh, Kubrick's Lolita. Right. 
you you know you don't really know what the you know because the villain or the you know the morally reprehensible character non-reprehensible i don't know how to use the word alas is the narrator and the main character you you don't really you don't really realize that the things that they're doing are are so evil until you know further along in the film right no i I, the social network quite like that yeah i did that talk about a great film yeah oh yeah i just don't you don't you you really do root for zuckerberg until the first hour of the movie yeah hour and a half yeah no there was i don't think there's been a that one I think is super historically accurate, and I don't feel like there's a person nor a character that has been more mistreated than uh, Andrew Garfield's. Uh, what was his name? I'm awful with names. What was his name? I remember after the movie, I looked him up because I wanted to see what he was doing. Eduardo. Oh yeah, Savlin. Savlin, there you go. That's the Saverin. guy. Saverin. What? One of the two. Regardless. That, it's so, ugh. It's, yeah, one of my favorite movies of all time, The Social Network. Oh, what a, just a dirty guy. Mark Zuckerberg, if you're listening in to this, I don't like you. I don't like you. No but, one likes but promote us on Facebook and Instagram, please. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to have Beyond the Screen Metaverse attraction. Yeah, it's when uh, about, uh, when you join, years. like if you join the show in the metaverse, you uh, we, at that point we will have a desk and we will have like an actual setup, and you can be in the audience. You can be on the podcast. Yeah, and it'll be live, and it'll be great. You know, the Wolf of Wall Street is another uh, you know pretty good um, historically unreliable biopic. Oh, um, as well as a unreliable narrator. Yeah. No, that's yeah. I agree with that. I'm sure there are several. It's it just depends on if the character is a good guy, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna make this movie and you know preserve their life," mm-hmm. or if it's a bad person, they usually add a you know a hint of that. Right. You know, I watched uh, another one uh, recently, House of Gucci. I heard mixed reviews about that movie. Yeah, I didn't care. Yeah. I thought it was pretty. I thought, uh, I was honestly, the whole time, um, I cared a lot about the uh, the clothes they were wearing, the designs. Really? It, that was definitely, oh yeah, it was masterfully done. I mean, it's a movie about clothing designers. Yeah, but if so, you focus more on the, their attire than the actual storyline, I think that might say a little bit about the film. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I couldn't really get into the storyline. I didn't care, really. I cared about Adam Driver and Lady Gaga's characters. Right. I did. And they're the main characters. Right. How was uh, Jared just, Leto? It, it, oh, he's so convincing as uh, uh, Adam Driver's uncle. Like, yeah. Gucci or whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, playing like this nasty old looking guy. Like, Jared Leto is a diverse actor. You guys, if you have listened to five minutes of the show, you'll know that, like, I think Jared Leto is a big creep. That's why I but brought like, him up, because I wanted to set you off. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he's a big creep, but I, I do give him props for that movie. Oh no, he's a great actor. It, it, it did just feel 
a good word is detached. The movie felt detached. Yeah. Yeah. Get us back on track. We're at three. So we've named one, two, and three and four from the top five box office winners this weekend. Can you guess the third? I know you I know you couldn't guess one, but there's been one in particular that this is the one that's interesting to me, is what I'll say. Any clue? My, my, what, what is it? I'm guessing. Uh, the t- the third. You're gonna oh, like this third. one. I think um, you're gonna like this one. I think. Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's in the theater. Like, maybe Nope. Still. No, no. You ready for it? Yeah. The Avatar re-release. Oh wow! Really? Picking up another ten point five million at the box office. Damn, $10.5 million were spent on people going back to see Avatar. Yeah. Ten years later. Yeah. Wow. More than a decade after its original original run, still the highest grossing film of all time. It was usurped by uh, Endgame for a minute there, and then it was re-released in Asia where it took it back over. And now after its re-release in the West, in the United States, it immediately gets another $10.5 million. Um, It is a stunning film. Oh no! It's got a great plot too. Yeah. No. See, as yeah. as of speaking right now on what is today the twenty the twenty seventh. So as of yesterday, it made another almost. It made just under a million yesterday. So it's at over eleven million, eleven and a half million. Yeah. Uh, just recently, in the past maybe six months, I've seen a lot of like Avatar hate, and a lot of people are kind of going back on it online, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't like Avatar really anymore." And that's just, I feel like people are getting bored. Just go to work. I don't know. Go, go make some money. Don't, like, that's like when people decided they didn't want to celebrate Christmas anymore. Yeah. As, it's like, come on. No, I, it's the best. I agree. You're just, you just want to have a hot take. No, I agree. And I, I know even on this show, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't slandered Avatar. I've always given it its respect. I have... It's not, like, my favorite movie of all time, and I've stated as much, but I will give it its respect because it was the thing that kind of set the tone for cinema as we know it today. It was the first to really utilize the technology it has, and there's a reason it's made as much as it's made and why it will probably continue to be the number one grossing film of all time for a long time. So, yeah, I I don't know. I just – I you – I don't understand the hate for it because it's at the end of the day, it's still a really interesting story. It's a fun movie. Well, yeah, it, and it's not meant to really be watched on a home TV. It's supposed to be seen in the theater. It's exactly. the perfect film to watch. Go to the theater the if you're TV. if you're bashing this film. Go watch it while it's out, and then come back with your opinions. Don't watch it at home. Because you might not, you might not get get to see it on on the big screen for another you know, long time, maybe the rest of your life. Right. Like if you're going to, uh, if you're just going to bash it because you watched it at the, t- on your home screen, there's a problem. Hell, maybe I'll go see it. Honestly, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. I saw it when it came out in the theater. I'll just go back a decade later and watch it again. See how it holds up. I will not be, I, I have a feeling that you won't be disappointed. Yeah. Well, I've seen it since, but right. You know what I'm saying? But still, even even if you haven't seen it in theaters, it's got to be. It's got to be the bee's knees, buddy. The bee's knees. You know what's actually hilarious you say that? Um, Because that's actually kind of a good segue into our last movie, our fifth movie on the box office winners. 
We've got going back through the top four. You've got Don't Worry, Darling with over 19 million. The Woman King at number two with over 11 million. Avatar over the weekend getting over 10 and a half million. Barbarian clocking in at just under 5 million at the number four spot. And number five is See How They Run coming in at just under 2 million grossed this past weekend, having it clock in at just over 6 million grossed in its entire run so far. And I, I didn't really hear about this one, so I, I pressed on the IMDb profile. And I've read the uh, the synopsis, and it's pretty interesting. So, And I'll read it right here. So see how they run. In the West End of 1950s London, plans for a movie version of a smash hit play come to an abrupt halt after a pivotal member of the crew is murdered. Uh, it's it's labeled as a comedy mystery. It's been out for just under two weeks, and I don't know. It's just over an hour and a half, so it, it's it's watchable. It see the story premise already like that line that that log line has me hooked. Honestly, like I, I, there's just something about that noir, but kind of that comedic style that it looks like it's going to take that is really interesting to me. And we're in the golden age of that too. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Um. Oh yeah. Ray, uh, Ryan Johnson's *Knives Out* really solidified that. I feel like. *Glass Onion* comes out soon too. That's another one. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited for that. I am too. Uh, as excited as you know, as you as you are, you know. Like I don't have a shrine to. What's his name? Benoit Blanc. I love that house. character. I will say this point was made to me recently because I've only seen Knives Out about three times, and each time was very spaced out. Um, you can't watch that movie in any sort of regular succession because it's not like super rewatchable. Not in terms of the story, because the story hinges upon the mystery, and if you know the mystery, the acting's great, but because the story lacks, you get bored. And it hit me that he's not inaccurate. You know, uh, the director, Tom George, he's never directed a film really at all. Yeah. This is, uh, this is his real debut. Yeah, it is his debut. He's done some TV work. And you're talking about Glass uh, Onion? And, uh, no, uh, See How They Run. Oh, See How They Run. Sorry. I was talking about uh, Knives Out. But um, Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. But yeah, no, going back to See How They Run, like you're saying, it's going to be interesting to see how this directorial debut goes. I'm curious what it's rated. Hold on. Oh, yeah, they run there. It is oh, it's is it a remake? Because there was a 1996 movie as well. It's got a 6.7 on IMDb, a 71% from Rotten Tomatoes, and a 60% at Metacritic. So we're sitting at between a six and a seven rating. Um, it's got Sam Rockwell, uh, Cersei Ronan, Harris Dixon, Ruth Wilson, Adrian Brody, and a couple of other pretty big actors in it. Um, George, as you said, this is his directorial debut. I think it will look. I think it, I'm. I'm interested. I'm gonna watch it. Uh, Sam Rockwell is uh, phenomenal in Moon, so that's just a great role of his. Yeah. And after seeing a uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey recently, Moon is just uh, it's um, uh, director Duncan Jones's attempt at making his own 2001 right that's one i'm I'm very Ooh. excited to rewatch and then have us go over in a couple weeks so stick with us for that oh yeah stick with us because it's gonna get weird it's gonna get really <laughs> weird <laughs> yeah uh this i'm you know we we picked the best movies to start kubrick with because uh these are probably the more tame 
<laughs> uh, dang. I will still say the entire world dies in one of them, and yes, but a man still, has sex with a child, Ryan. Still, like, yes, I understand, but like, at least these concepts are easy to understand. Are they? Uh, you understand why someone would carry out the acts of Humbert Humbert? No, but at the end of the day, like, oh, I don't want to get into this right now because we have an entire, we have two hours later to do that. To do that, we will, we will do this. Um, yeah, but, I'm gonna make Ryan really uncomfortable and next episode. That's why we have content. <laughs> that's why we're here. That's, yeah. All right, we went through box office winners. It's time to move on. Call the biggest news of the day. Ryan Reynolds oh. drops a little teaser for Deadpool three, and guess who is question mark confirmed to be returning? Oh, oh my God! You know what? I think I know. Uh, I think I know who it is. Tell me who it is. Uh, there's a guy. Yeah. His name is Huge Ackman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays a character called the Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the movie is called Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. <laughs> no. It's not no. That's like some kind of fan thing. That no, that is that'd be that'd be hilarious because in that he ends up going to like, um, dude, he goes to like the Lion King and then he goes to like like a, the Jungle Book and he, he <laughs> that was so weird. Deadpool kills. You watched that? No, no, no. Have you the comic book Deadpool kills everything? Have you have you read that? Oh no, no. Oh man, that's a trip. Um. But, Maybe I'll pick up a copy. Dude, I mean, I'm not going to say not to, but I'm not going to say you should spend whatever it's going to cost to buy it. I mean, it's definitely not a bad read, but if you get if it, you have to pay more than 15 bucks for it, I wouldn't. Um, but Hugh Jackman is back as Wolverine in one of the most Ryan Reynolds way to tease a return ever, and I'm curious into what fashion. The way Ryan in the in the teaser had it kind of laid out was that he asked Hugh would he want to play Wolverine one more time? And, and Hugh in the background was like, sure. And then he just walked up some stairs and that was the end of it. And then we got this really cool graphic of the Deadpool logo with the Wolverine claws going through it, making a three. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, I'm excited. It's going to be great. I mean, how can it not be? I know those two are best friends it's and Deadpool they, they play that, those two characters. Like, are you serious? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just going to be one of those movies, like a no way home sort of situation. I know it's gonna. That's exactly what's gonna happen. That's gonna be the direct correlation, and that's why Deadpool's in there is because No Way Home and then Doctor Strange happened. But I, I want as selfish as this is, I want Hugh in the MCU more than anything. But it's not gonna happen because to me, he was always like the Marvel character, and yeah. he was the guy who played. He was the biggest Marvel actor for you know a long years. time when when yeah a long time. Like he Where's is he Wolverine. At? Yeah, and Wolverine is, you know, probably top five most popular Marvel characters. Yeah, like that I can understand why, like, if they're having any sort of trouble trying to cast that character, I can understand why. Because if I'm an actor, do I really want to try to live up to that? Like imagine trying to replace Tony Stark or re replace uh RDJ yeah. Stark. Can't do that. It's just ugh. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't really do you... like the whole reboot recast culture that a lot of these films are doing but like 
I I'm kind of over a lot of superhero stuff. Oh, agreed. Really, when it comes down to it, like, yeah, I'll see the Deadpool movie, but like, I'm not gonna watch like, I don't know, the Marvels. Yeah, See, that's where I am. I haven't too. even seen. I haven't even seen Andor yet. You know, neither have I. Like, that's I. I want to talk about TV stuff because that's actually been like I know historically on the show. I've been not anti TV. I just I just haven't been a big TV watcher. But that's actually changed recently. I've TV shows and like series have kind of come come around. Like before the show, I was talking to you about how me and me and my girlfriend got into uh, the Game of Thrones because that's just not something I'd watched, and it's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's great. Oh yeah, like so. My much. roommate, my roommate's uh, he just finished the series. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude, like I'm, I'm just excited because, like, as I was describing, like I even picked up the book because I love the first season so much. So, like, as I continue to watch, I'm excited to read and check the differences and, like, just you know, just get the most out of the Westeros lore because it's just so good. Um, what else have I been watching? I, I don't know how much backlash is gonna get because it's been in the news recently about ending it, but and I, I think it has run its course. But I've actually I'm a big like true crime or like cop show guy. I like noir and uh I've been watching Law and Order SVU actually. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Law and Order SVU. I, I love that show, I have to admit. One of the best shows ever. I yeah. mean, come on. I, I love that show. I really do. Like the way that uh Christopher Milani's and Mariska Hadjate's uh, Detective Stabler and Benson kind of play off each other, and the the rest of the the squad. That it's just I don't know. Just, there's something about it that's like so it's addicting, it's enticing, but also it's like they're so human, like humanized that you can relate to them. And they're horrible, and horrible. It's also, a way of just like kill an hour. Yeah, seriously. Like, oh, I have a great minutes. story. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I think I'm on season five right now of that, and every episode has been good. Like, there's not been one bad episode so far. You know what I've been watching, Ryan? What have you been watching? Since we decided to come back, I've seen The Shining twice. Have you really? Yeah, I've already seen it twice. Dude, that's and a- I'm... I hate to bring up more Kubrick. I do. All apologies, folks. But like, man, it's gonna get weird. And I can I go ahead and uh, lay down some of my ideas for what we might do. As in, like how, like, 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 like a, a future segment of the podcast. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. Ryan and I are going to obsessively watch The Shining. I've already started. Whenever Ryan starts, we're going to have a dual effort. And we're going to bring forth something new from The Shining that no one has ever pointed out. And we will we will bring it forth through the world. I don't care if I have to watch it 20 times to notice something that's not been explicit, explicitly written and put online. But like, I'm going to find something about this film that no one has said. Some hidden meaning. And I'm sure I've already done that and just not noticed it. Right. Because everyone has a different interpretation of what they watch. And with, you know, pieces of art that are so uh, so complicated and so so thematically dense, so symbolically dense, no one is going to interpret uh, 
you know, anything the same. And right. we all know that. Um, but there's just, there's so many symbols that mean so much. And I've found a, a few things just by, uh, just by looking that, you know, there are a few, uh, let's say loose ends that aren't exactly tied up by anything that I've read. Um, just online, of course, I don't know what's in print about the film, but there, there are a lot of mysteries still with the film and things that Kubrick has done that, um, aren't, aren't exactly, you know, possible to explain right now. That's where Ryan and I come in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go, that's, this is who you turn to is us to talk about Stanley Kubrick and his hidden meanings. The two college students. Yes, of course. Well, he's dead. So we're, so who better? Yeah, um, and there is a particular mystery that that Kubrick presents us within The Shining that I think that a lot of people have overlooked, and a lot of people have kind of uh, been led away by the plot and uh, diverted away from this mystery by, of course, plot. Um, and I'm just going to devote, I'm going to sell my soul to finding... One other symbol or piece of evidence in the movie that alludes to what Kubrick has. I, I, you know, I don't want to give too much away, so it's, it kind of sounds like I'm talking in, you know, limerick or rhyme, but you guys will see. Yeah, and and we're it's this movie's been dissected by more people, I think, than, than we can count, but we will find something. Whether it be one of us finding something, or us both finding something, or us both finding the same thing, it'll happen. Um, well, don't sell yourself short. Um, I think we could find something huge. I do, I do as well. We could do it with any of these films, but I, I think that this is the one especially. And that once we get into it, you guys will realize that there's so much. Um, and there, there's just there's so much to it. Oh, yeah. We'll go down so many rabbit holes probably uh throughout this whole uh, season oh yeah no for for certain um well moving on i'm sorry no no actually what's funny is that there there is a piece of of, uh, of news reported by ign that does relate to the shining um so according to ign there was almost another sequel to the shining do you know do you remember what the first sequel was Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep, starring Ewan McGregor. That's exactly right. There was supposed to be a follow-up to that, a second sequel that was supposed to keep adding to that lore and keep dissecting kind of what The Shine is, but it was axed due to the disappointing performance at the box office from Doctor Sleep. Um, Man, that stinks, because Doctor Sleep is a great movie. I loved it, but I know there were a lot of people that were turned away by the supernatural elements in terms of the villains. Um, yeah. And I, I get it. I, I do kind of wish that it stayed a little more mental and a little bit more like, cause like that was what made the shining great. Was that like, even the, though the villain, and once again, I won't get too deep into this, even though the villain presents itself as kind of like the building itself and you kind of saw it everywhere, but nowhere at the same time, it stayed within the heads of the character. And Dr. Sleep didn't really do that. It did, but it didn't. And I, I get why people were upset, but I still loved it. I thought it was a great movie. In terms of well, and you do have to realize, you know, that even though it's it's so how how do I how do I describe it? Let's get this straight. Doctor Sleep is 
Doctor Sleep, the book, is written as a sequel to Stephen King's book, The Shining. Right. But Doctor Sleep, the movie, is still based on the book. But Doctor Sleep, the movie, is a sequel to Kubrick's Shining. Which complicates it in so many ways. So many ways. Especially if you have read the book, both books, and have seen both movies. It's just... uh, it's very complicated, especially with like Dick How, Dick Howen, and you know, of course, in uh, in Stephen King's book, he doesn't die, uh, but in the Kubrick film, he does. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just I wish they didn't get a different actor to play him um, in Doctor Sleep because it's just not him. Like it's not Dick Howen. Right. And it, but you know, we won't get into that. We'll we'll get into Doctor Sleep during our little uh, Shining. I think I don't think we can do the Shining if we don't watch Doctor Sleep. Yeah, it's a it's just a continuation of the story. Yeah. So, yeah. And there are things that that are wrapped up by the sequel. Um. You know that exist within the Shining. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting, and I threw it in our little notes here because that was, I think, a week ago, and it's. I love that it came around. <laughs> this, yeah, the irony that it did. Um, but off of The Shining because we've been on it for far too long. Um, there have been a plethora of film news and trailers being released. So Hellraiser, there's a new Hellraiser movie that gets a teaser. Um. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting concepts. Um, Halloween Ends gets its official trailer. That comes out... What is the official date? That's later this month, is it not? I'm checking. Halloween Ends comes out in two weeks. Man, that is not right. It does. Halloween Ends comes Halloween out. Halloween Kills came out last year. That's the point, though. Is that they've been coming out? Well, so what was it? It went Halloween... Halloween in 18... Halloween kills in 21, yeah, and then Halloween ends in 22. Wow. Yep. I, did, I thought it'd be next year. I, I'm, I'm not kept up with these. Uh, oh. I, I have a film podcast, but October surprisingly, 14th. I don't know much about film news. Yeah, October 14th, 2022. Well, that's I'm, I'm sure to see it in the theater. Yeah. I love those movies. See, I'm, I'm intrigued by the concept of, like, so I was shocked have you you've seen halloween kills yes shocked by the death of laurie strode's daughter that that caught me so off guard and it was a great plot twist like you knew he was going to get back up right like when when the the town was kind of ganging up on him and they were absolutely stabbing him to death you knew he was getting back up and was just going to go mike myers right yeah that's just how it always goes but like when when she i gotta that gone it i can't remember the character's name I'm awful with names. Um, when she and she is, where is it? I'm I can't find what her name was. Anyway, when she is like looking out the window and is like kind of mimicking parallel what Mike Myers was seeing in that house, right? Yeah. I totally just anticipated her to look out and like see him, like just down there staring up through the window, and then that just be like, and then all of a sudden, like just like your stereotypical. You just hear the the doo -doo 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 -doo, and it just like like goes into the next film, right? That's what I was expecting. 
When he popped up behind Not her, at all. No, when he pops up behind her and just starts going ham and she's dead, I was like me and my brother who who my brother's a big John Carpenter, big Halloween guy. Yeah. When he when we saw that, I looked over and his jaw was as far down as mine. Like it was so shocking to see her die. Um So yeah. And Sorry, go ahead. It's a perfect uh perfect vehicle for um, you know, carrying audiences from this film to the theater seats to see the next one. Yeah, like a lot of characters that I thought would have lasted a lot longer died. Like the boyfriend um, of Laurie Strode's granddaughter, uh, his father, Laurie Strode's daughter, they're all, like, they just got absolutely wiped. And, and that's what you want. Yeah, that's like, that's what makes a Mike Myers film, is like important characters pass away. And it's, 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 it, I love it, but I'm just, I, I'm very... As you said, it's a great vehicle to go into the next one. I love the fact that Lori will have as much rage as Mike Myers does because you knew she had it, but now she has it, you know. And oh, I mean, she's had it since like nineteen seventy-eight or whatever. But now with these added oh deaths, it makes me feel like Lori Strode is actually on his level in some way. Yeah, like you just and know we've had, Jamie's gonna just go. We've had two films. Uh, you know, building up the the relationship between Lori and her daughter. Yeah, and then she's and now she, that's over. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm looking at these ratings for this movie. I don't get it. Like, like I understand why people might not have liked it, but like it was a good Mike Myers film. It's a 39 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, five and a half on IMDb, and a 4.1 out of five on Vudu. Which the really? four, the 4.1 out of five. I I don't know if it's that high. I'd give it about a three, but I th- I think. It's like a six. It's a good Halloween movie. Hey, I quite liked it. It's it's hard to judge without having seen the end of the trilogy. Well, we shall see it in a month, Ryan. Dude, I'm so excited. I am too. I, I'm ready. I mean, spooky season is upon us. The air is like a crisp plum in an icebox. Oh, it feels so nice. And... Your boy here is wanting to see people get cut up on a magical box in my living room. Exactly. That is a bunch Preferably of- with some maybe some popcorn, some hot chocolate, uh some some girls with glasses and sweaters. Yes. Dude, I'm grabbing see, you're describing my girlfriend right now. I uh I'm I'm grabbing Well, she'll be there too. That's, well, yeah, with well, I think we oh, should all no, do it together. No. Like 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 Oh yeah. No. I'm telling uh, you. We get candles. I won't. Yes. Turn out all the lights. Oh. Popcorn. Halloween. Halloween ends on the TV. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Well, it'd be in the theater. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, we we light candles in the theater. Oh, yeah. We bring them in. (laughs) Candlelight vigil. Dude, I really thought you were following me on the joke. Oh, no. Don't do that. Candles. In I guess I guess I did call it on the TV. I should have said the screen, but <laughs> no, dude. Um, that, this is what I'm saying is that we just all walk in wearing robes with candles and like sit down. We all dress as Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude. I, I, to say I'm excited is an understatement. Like I, I I'm so ready for this movie. Well, Ryan, that that sounds like a great segue to move on to our next piece of cinema moot. Cinema new. Yes, so kind of off a of spooky season. Elena Holmes two gets a trailer. Okay, I uh, I saw it. I loved it. I thought it was a nice little 
little quirky film. Yes. Does it need a sequel? It wasn't. Uh, you know what? I think uh, Millie Bobby Brown showed uh, showed more jubilance playing this role than I've seen her in the Stranger Things show. So, yeah, maybe so. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love Millie Bobby Brown. I just didn't know if, like, I mean, and I guess anything can have a sequel these days. It doesn't really matter. I just, I don't know. I, I felt like Eleanor Holmes was a good one-off. Um, but I'm not mad that she's getting a sequel. I just don't know if it needed it. I just don't know if this film is for us. It seems like it's more for like young girls. I guess that's true. Well, for it, for good reason. Like I like it's, it's a role model type of film. It's the type of film that inspires a kid to pick their career. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that's more of what we need to be teaching young girls. Oh, for sure. For, for a fact it's a, I mean, it's, it's very empowering. I mean, and I think you're right. Maybe, maybe I am coming from that perspective just because I am not of the audience it's intended for. So yeah, I mean, I'm well, not going to change my opinion about it, but like, I do understand what you're saying. I think we, and you know, going back to what I just mentioned, we need more positive uh, films and things like this in the media for young girls, but also with young boys too, because I mean, I don't want to go off on it but i'm going to i am um i i when i was a child i wanted to watch the violent things the film right and i wanted to play the violent games but should i have been exposed to such violence as a young child i don't think so i don't think kids should grow up playing call of duty all the time and i don't think that they should grow up even like even shows that are in tv show you know movies that are made for kids made for young boys are still people shooting one another mm-hmm. and like i i don't believe in censorship and i you know i believe that maybe your kids should be able to see whatever they want but like is it really good to just have a constant constant culture of violence being created within kids' minds. I don't think it is. I think that it leads to a lot of things. Uh, masculinity issues and, um, you know, actual violence that might be, you know, taken out. I, I just think if you stick something in someone's head for long enough, then, you know, it's going to become a reality. Yeah, you pose a very good question, and and I, I kind of want to pose one to you to get your opinion. Do you think I know now? There are some of these out there, but a two part question: Can you give me an example of something like an Elena home for a young boy? And two, can you think of any off the top of your head that exist? Like like or well, I guess I I guess I asked that twice, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry. Can you ask? Can you think of any that exist? And I don't know. The Adventures of Tintin. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> sorry, what was I gonna? There was a second question to that. I guess I'll leave it at the first one. I had a second, but then I completely lost it in the in the scuffle of getting it out of my mouth. No, that that makes me. Uh, I might have to sit here and think about that for a second. Yeah, no, no worries. And like, it, it just seems like really every time every time my brain comes upon something, it has to do with violence. I mean, there's a lot to do with like sports. There are a lot of sports movies that. Uh, you know, kids would probably be better off watching. I mean, but what about the non-sports kids? The non—I don't know. Scott Pilgrim, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
Harry Potter. Harry Potter is a good one. But there's also people that are like killing one another. It's still like violence. I'm, I'm not, don't think I'm soft. Like I, that's not what I'm saying. Like I, even the fact that I have to mention that just from my subconscious. Oh, don't think I'm soft because I'm, you know, talking about like a sociological issue that might be facing a lot of, a lot of people. I don't know. Holes, holes is a good movie. That's not really holes violent. Is a great movie. That I'm happy you stated holes because I, I, I can quote holes. Oh, I can too. That's a oh, great every film. it that it's really a a signpost that someone is a part of our generation, maybe millennials and Gen uh, Zers. We love our holes. It's we do. It might be our movie as a generation. It it might it's at least one of them, if not the. Yeah, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, I do. I, I do. I I'm looking I'm looking on Google here, and I I typed in movies. For young, oh, I just typed in movies for young. Okay, because it was like Beauty and the Beast. Like that's not what I was going for. Um, I I'm looking at even movies like Pirates of the Back to the Future, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, I don't know, The Incredibles. Heck, you can go as far as you want, and all these movies are still centered around like man versus man. Physical violence. Mm-hmm. Instead of like a good feel good, like mystery solving type of inspiring style. The Hardy Boys. I don't know. Things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just w- little capers. Like, what, what happened to the caper? I don't know. The little mysteries. Yeah. The sleuth. That's the Sherlock. Great question. It just doesn't seem like it's in our, uh, it's in the forefront of our cultural consciousness, especially as men. And Star Wars, uh, all these movies are just, and it's like I don't think that they're bad, but I do think that there is a point to be made that the vast majority of the movies that young boys are going to watch are intrinsically violent at their, it, by all accounts. Right. No, I think I think you've got a really good point there. Um, I maybe we got to be the one to set the tide. Maybe so. Yeah, well, I, I'm not gonna make movies that aren't violent. I'm gonna make movies that are so messed up that like they won't even be on Netflix. But like you could like, do one. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could do one like little like uh like who stole Granny Smith's pie from her windowsill. And then it's going to go back to, like, the drug-induced murder. <laughs> Literally what I was about to say was that it turns into a conspiracy because Grandma dies. And yes. <laughs> you ate the pie. You really ate your grandmother. Yeah. That's, that's, dude, our minds went to the exact same place. Uh, <laughs> you thought that was a chicken pot pie? No. <laughs> no. It, it had arsenic. <laughs> <laughs> the child dying. Yeah. <laughs> the conclusion the child figures out who did it and then they get arsenic poison too yeah <laughs> killer gets away at the end directed by cole ballinger yeah <laughs> cm ballinger yeah. dude are you really gonna call yourself that sure yeah you can call me cm right now dude, you, you know want. what's hilarious is because if if I, if I ever took off no crap i would be rl gum 
RL Gub. It's already, RL Stein. Dude, I've decided but, that like that's so funny because I've had that this like anytime I write stuff like 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 my personal stuff that I've not published yet, I always put RL Gum on there. The fact that you said the imbalance that's wild. <laughs> what are the odds? Do you know Joe's middle name? No. J.R. Becker. Dude, that's baller. J.D. Becker. We'll have to ask him what his middle name is. Yeah, we're going to have to figure out. I meant out. something like Benjamin. J.B. J.B. Becker. Listen, hey. Sounds like a law office. It does. Um, let's, we, we have to talk to him about that. Joe, if you're listening, tell us your, your middle name. We'll know if you really watch the show. Joe, if you're listening, I want to make, like, probably three things on your body more firm than they are now. Facts. Maybe um, four. We got to get Joe on the show. Oh, yeah. he want, there, I have a lot of friends that want to be on the show, so. We, start, we should start having guests. Maybe, uh, yeah, well, uh, maybe a good idea would be to accentuate the, the, the chaotic nature of young men um in a group we we should maybe do a multi-guest episode with a clockwork orange Ooh, that's a good idea well we will discuss yeah. this off air because we we're approaching an hour and we we have to get through a couple more things of cinema news okay sorry guys the life of us it's okay they expect this at this point um so i'm gonna run through two real quick because they're connected keanu reeves set to return in the to the constantine universe for a sequel from the original from 2002 i think um, but with that, there was also a ripple effect from HBO Max. There was supposed to be a new Constantine series with the character going to be recasted and produced by J.J. Abrams. And there was a, from that going to be a spinoff series called Madame Xanadu, both axed after the announcement of Keanu Reeves returning to Constantine. Wow. Very cool. I think this was Keanu. smart. I think this was smart. That seems to be a pretty profitable franchise. Yeah, like, why not, like... More people enjoy. If You know what it has me thinking? If they're canceling the rest of the Constantine stuff, that makes me think that maybe they feel like Keanu Reeves will stick around. Maybe so. Like, may, like Constantine might be, like, the post-John Wick, like, franchise for Keanu. You know, I, uh, I've never seen... I don't... I'm not quite familiar with Constantine. With Constantine? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I I think I understand maybe like what it is. It's it's just way, but... it's another hero. Like like so I've seen it like years ago. I don't really I need to rewatch it. I haven't I don't remember the exact storyline, but it was very cool. Keanu was very good, and there's a big reason why that there was a lot of hype around his returning to the character because it it just it felt right like to have a sequel it's to this a film. DC character. Yes. And is this in the same sort of uh, canon as the maybe any of the uh, other DC films? I hope not. I think DC Man. DC needs to not become Marvel or try or needs to stop trying to become Marvel and just keep all their people one off because that's when their best stories come out. You know, it's funny, Ryan. I I don't want to get too profane, but it's funny that I talk a lot about DC on this uh, show and I don't give a rat's ass about any of the films. Yeah, I like indie movies. I like black and white movies. I like old, dude. old weird movies. We've been uh, through it, dude. Noir uh, is a whole different animal. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not interested in like a Superman movie. Like, 
who is even super? He's just a guy that can like do everything. Like, come on. Right. I want a guy that can't do everything. I want a guy that can't do anything because he's too crazy. Right. I like madness and just, I like the most messed up things that I could put into my brain. Always have. Yeah. And like, there's, there's something to be said about that though. I mean, I think that the most, but let me put it this way. The most creative minds are always the ones that have the unique approach. Yes. I would agree. So I, I feel like your view on storytelling will make you a very, you have a very unique style. You'll be a very distinguishable filmmaker and storyteller. And I think, listen, we're going to come back to this one day and people are going to be like, oh, look, they did this. And it's going to be like everything that like, you know how Kubrick has his little nuggets of information and everything. Yeah. They're going to find everything that you've ever done in movies and be like, he told us before and we just didn't listen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope a lot of people from my life say that in the future yeah no same <laughs> same <laughs> um moving on before oh, yeah. we go off on another tangent <laughs> oh yeah there, uh, this isn't therapy yeah there have been a few recent actors taking big gigs so they're making a gran turismo movie from the video game and it's gonna start orlando oh. bloom and david arbor and archie Madique. Uh, Madique. hey Orlando Bloom. Yeah, I know. Orlando Bloom is going to be Gran Turismo. Heck yeah. Orlando Bloom is one of... Orlando Bloom is just awesome. He is awesome. I love Orlando He Bloom. is married. Is he with Katy Perry? Orlando. Am I stuck in 2007? No, I think you're right. I don't think that was 2007. That wasn't that long ago. Yeah, that man is with Katy Perry. Yeah. Katy Perry. Yeah, like, wow. 16, like, yeah. That's just, uh, you know, good for good for Orlando. No, this is great for all of cinema that he's getting another role. Yeah, what happened to that? Like, I'm sure there's one of the, like, the real reason why Orlando Bloom isn't cast anymore. But, like, where has he been? I don't know. I mean, I'm looking through Orlando Bloom's stuff, and his most recent thing, from what I'm seeing, is so he's in Carnival Row, and that's been since 2019, and that's an Amazon original show. Um, but other than that, he he's putting that work in, like behind the spotlight, but he's really grinding. Like it could be defended. a wonderful show. Yeah, hey, good but for him. Orlando Bloom. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was in two of the. The biggest franchises of my childhood. Yeah. That's actually what I was just looking at, too. <laughs> Lord of the Rings and Pirates of the Caribbean. You can't have either without Orlando Bloom. Mm. 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 Shall we move on or I'll say something? No, we shall. We so. shall. I know exactly yeah. what you're going to say because we're all yeah. thinking it. Um, anywho, um, Paul Bettany and Tom Hanks to star in a film adaptation of the graphic novel series titled Here. And I wasn't going to put this in here until I read the synopsis of the graphic novel itself. So the story of the novel, which at one point was just like a, like a comic strip that was turned into a series or a, or a graphic novel, excuse me, because the story takes place in a confined room over thousands of years and shows different characters and their interconnected lives. Wow. That's cool. I know. It's like, it's got a limit. That's awesome. That's funny. Cause, like this, this is a type of story that we've talked about for a long time, actually, where we have like a confined space, a limited setting, but rich storytelling. 
I love it. Here, it, here it is. Paul Bettany. And I was Tom like, Hanks. maybe. Yeah, uh, Paul Bettany. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is. I I don't like Tom. Yeah, um, I don't think. I mean, a lot of people do, but I feel like your opinion on him is probably growing by the day. Well, if I see him in public, I'm going to beat him up. Oh well, maybe, um, maybe not that much. Yeah, no, the Tom Hanks don't come on foundation and family and like whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna beat the fuck out of him. That is fair. No, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I I love Paul Bettany. Um, oh, as do I. Just one of the most one of the most iconic voices in cinema. Oh, I, I yeah, he's he just seems like such a sweet guy too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Paul Bettany. I mean, he's just he's one of those fundamental actors. Yeah. No, I'm excited by the storyline and the potential. And those two actors. Are um, great. I'm I'm looking at a couple screen grabs from here, and it seems to be uh pretty interesting. I I'm excited to see this because it seems like uh, something that is a little bit little bit different than what you're used to. It's out of the box. Yeah, and I, that's just what I yearn for. Yeah. I, I'm to the point where I don't want to watch anything that's not one of these unique approaches because I've, I don't know, I'm, I'm a bit tired of cookie cutter. Yeah, and that's that's why indie films like uh, that's that's why I like A24. If I'm being honest, um, I don't think yeah, they don't too. they don't really follow that cookie cutter, and they I feel like they get ridiculed a lot because of it. I couldn't imagine why, you know. They're just so unique. Like like this, every film they come out with, like from Marcel to everything, everywhere, all at once. To uh, to the Egger films, to the what what's what's recent bodies, 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 which was an in, like seems like an interesting film. I really want to watch that one. Um, yeah, it seems pretty hot, you know. Yeah, like they just that's what it's going for. Like they just take so such unique takes on everything. Like they allow their creators to be creative, and I feel like they get trashed for it. But I really like a twenty. I'm gonna watch that bodies, bodies, bodies film. It's got um, uh, Pete Davidson in it. Yeah, I've got quite a bit to catch up on. I haven't seen X yet either. I, I can't. Pearl. I can't tell you why. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen A twenty four's X twenty twenty two. Yeah, Pearl is the is the sequel Pearl? to that, or is a prequel? Sorry, it's by Ty West. What's Pearl a prequel to? Uh, X. Really? Yeah. So the the main villain in X is Pearl, and Pearl the the movie is from her, is the youth of that character. And it's out right now. It's out right theater? now. Yeah. What? Yeah, Ty West. This is crazy. And what? there's, and there's I, already I another sequel coming to X. I don't know what it's going to be called, but like, I, I just, I love everything that's happening right now from A24. Oh, my God. who, who plays the titular character? She seems just she, enthralling. She is fantastic as an actress. Let me look up her name. Um, Maya Goth. And she wrote it too. Yeah. Her and Ty West wrote it. Yeah, no, she is fantastic. She, she's, uh, she's married or was married to Shia LaBeouf. Oh, if that says anything man. about her. Uh, she was like, "Hi, my name's Maya," and he said, "Oh, okay. yeah, he, Maya Goth." And he said, "Oh my God, you're mine, dude." Um, she's she's I, only twenty eight. I, I gotta get with it. I gotta get with it. Um. X, let's see where I can watch this. You can, I can rent it. I'll watch X, and then I'll go see Pearl. 
because these these films seem great and oh, yeah. people say they're dope. Yeah. Um. Uh, have I talked about men? Men? Yes, we did. I'm fairly confident. We did talk we, about we, it. I'm like 99% sure we talked about it. It's been a long time, but I, I, I distinctly remember us talking about men. Might be the last film that I saw in theaters uh, before that, a high. That, that is an A twenty four film too, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people thought it was um, just sort of like a just nonsensical, I guess, um, devoid of really any plot or theme. And to that, I say you're looking in the wrong places. Yeah. Um. Roy Kinnear, uh, who is um, the president in the first episode of um, Black Mirror, uh, is the co-star in that film, and I, I think he's just a—he's a great actor. Yeah, he's a—he uh, plays quite like Peter Sellers, Doctor Strange, Love, and Lolita. He plays multiple roles in the film. Yeah, I, I'm so excited. I want to. I want to read the very last bit of news because I'm. I'm so ready to get to Kubrick. I do. I will Let's say, do it. I will say the last thing I'll say about A24. Um, if you're not convinced about A24 and don't want to jump jump on that hype train yet, Ari Aster's next movie, Disappointment Boulevard, is an A24 film starring Joaquin Phoenix, and I am that. Uh, that might be for next year. That might be one of my top two favorite films that I'm ready to see, and, or not favorite. Well, when does it come out? Uh, it just says 2023. Well, I mean, come on. That I think he's not the best director of all time yet, but he's on a good path to becoming a contender. I love Ari Aster. Oh my god! I mean, he's his films are really uh, what got me interested um, in uh, you know becoming a filmmaker. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just so so deeply. I was so deeply affected by Hereditary that I, I figured out that, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to work on something like that. Yeah. And I feel like this appointment oh. Boulevard will be something very similar. I really do. Yeah, apparently it's about a celebrity, but um, a historical figure, but we don't know who it is yet. Yeah. Yeah, but go, so going, just, ahead, going ahead and moving along. Sure. Um. Sony announces a new Karate Kid sequel is currently in development. Okay. Yep, that's exactly what I said. Like, hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if they say that in the movie, but I... that's what I imagine. Yeah, I love that when you do that, like, you slightly, you slightly go out of, like, you're like, I can barely hear you. You go from, like, being very loud to being, like, you go, like, hi And it's just... <laughs> nah. I... Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, Get us through. I've got three more points. I'm going to shoot through the first two because the last one is the one I'm actually excited about. Um, Guillermo del Toro offers a first look at his spin on Pinocchio with the making of the doll being shown in the latest teaser. I'm actually very hyped for that. It's a claymation. I love Guillermo del Toro. I think he's very criminally underrated. I know people are like, but it's Guillermo del Toro. I still think he's underrated. Big fan. I like Guillermo del Toro. Dude, Pan's Labyrinth, The Shape of Water. Like, This man's got a great track record. 
I I don't like Penn's Labyrinth as much as I like The Shape of Water. I I was just charmed by the state of Florida. Oh yeah, I like both. I just I, I have something about Penn's Labyrinth because it came out when I was a kid. But yes, uh, it's not for me. Understandably so. It's not for it's not. And for uh, we got Phil Phil Finn Wolfhard. Um, playing uh, someone, Handlewick in the film. I'm I'm not sure. I haven't seen Pinocchio since I was a young child. Uh, but also, little story, guys. If you want to hear a little bit of you know my past, I once dated a girl. Um, it was quite some time ago, and she was obsessed with Finn Wolfhard, and like. It didn't make me feel good because I'm like, I don't know, like four years older than that guy. Yeah. And she was my age. And I I can't say that anything like too weird came from it. I mean, she was pr- like just weird enough about liking him that it was weird. Right. But it just, uh, what are you going to do? Like, what are you supposed to do in that situation? Like, it was, it was it, I felt like I was in Seinfeld. Like Larry David wrote that scenario for me, and I had to deal with it. <laughs> no, dude. Um, I'm just looking at the rest of this cast, and do you see this? Do you see who was all in this movie? Guillermo's going off. It's, you got Ian McGregor, Finn Wolfhard, Ron right <laughs> Tilda Swinton, Kate Blanchett, David Bradley, Christopher Waltz. I don't know who. I don't remember Burn Gorman. Christoph. Tim Blake and John Turturro. Ron Perlman. I know! Like, dude, they have everybody from Hollywood in this movie. But, like, why? I, that's, I've never understood why. Dude, I, uh, it's Guillermo. That's all I'm gonna say. It's, just, it's Guillermo. But it's like, why have all these celebrities if they're not even in the film? Just, I feel like just the names themselves will bring people to watch it, regardless. Like, Tilda Swinton it's probably... It's Pinocchio. I don't... Uh, Gregory Mann. He has no. It's Pinocchio. Movie. Like everyone's gonna see it. Like I could be like, oh, yeah. The Ewan McGregor is. Uh, he says the talking. The oh, the, it just says the talking cricket. But uh, I don't know why. And his name Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, I don't know why they don't call him Jiminy. But Ewan McGregor, old Uncle Obi, is gonna be Jiminy Cricket. Oh God, Jiminy Cricket! I forgot about him. Probably one of the goaded uh, Disney characters. Yeah, one. I think one of the more uh, like. Well, people who don't really watch like TV might not know who David Bradley is, but David Bradley is a phenomenal actor. Um, hey, you ever seen a cricket? Have I ever seen a cricket? Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. Take a look at a cricket and then take a look at Jiminy Cricket. All right, hold on. Cricket. Gotta probably bring up the sport. It did. Ah, oh, okay. I'm looking at a cricket insect, and now I'm looking at. Jiminy. Jiminy Cricket. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That ain't no cricket. He, he really, I don't think Jiminy Cricket is even a, 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 supposed to be a cricket. He's just a little guy. His name is just Cricket, but he's not actually a cricket. That's his last name. It's his surname. 
There, there's a picture of him of Jiminy Cricket from the Disney remake of it that came out earlier this year, and it looks horrifying. Wait, the Disney remake? Did you not see that? There's a live action Disney remake starring Tom Hanks. Of Pinocchio? Of Pinocchio. It came out a couple weeks well, ago. Why are they making another one? I well, so I feel like this is this is not Disney. This is Guillermo del Toro. Disney made the wrong. Oh. I don't follow children's movies very well. Uh Jimmy Cricket 2022. Oh my god. That's what I'm saying. It my looks god. awful, doesn't it? It looks terrifying. <laughs> He's so scary. What kind of abomination is this? He's so weird looking. I know. Like it's He's actually like, terrifying. He, do, he like he he they tried to make him look more like a cricket and he looks scary. I don't yeah, they shouldn't have even gone the cricket route because they could take one look at him and be like, oh, he was never so cricket. He's just a little guy. Yeah. So there's here, I'm gonna send you this image because there's this one image that keeps popping up on mine that is cracking me up. And I will try to put it in the video if I can. This image right here, when I look up Jiminy Cricket, is what pops up, and I'm sure you can see it, but it, this is probably the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. If it will ever go through, it's thinking about it. My phone is also on 2%. That might also be not helping. Hold on, the blue bar is going. There she goes. Should say delivered soon. Oh, is delivered. it on text? There it is. Yes, there it is. It's over text. There it is. Okay, here we go. Tell me that's not the worst thing you've ever seen. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't think that's the one they went with. No, it's not, but that's the one that keeps popping up, and that is an abomination. Oh, no. Hey, he, that's a cricket. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a cricket. It, uh, but it's, like, also a cricket baby. Dude, it is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, that's the thing that it's I was, little, like, when I, when I first opened it, I was, like, oh, oh, because that's what I came A little with. frivolous little man. That's, like, the first thing that popped up. It was so, I'm scarred. I don't like him. No. I know that's I'm not... gonna airdrop that to somebody tomorrow. They're gonna <laughs> like arrest me. I'll get kicked out of school. Oh man. Alright, I've got two more and then we gotta move on. So there was another trailer that was dropped called The Cloned Tyrone, and it stars John Boyega, oh. Jamie Foxx, and Tayana Paris who's from WandaVision. And it's on Netflix. Yeah, that's what I'm Dude. I think it'll be a That's great movie. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It looks hilarious. The clone Tyrone. Like, the whole point of the film is that you have these three kind of, like, random personalities pushed together because of a government conspiracy. They all have, like, they all have these weird happenstances occur to where they all come together and they go to investigate it. But the problem is none of them are investigators. And from what I can understand, Tyrone gets cloned. And it, it the vibes that it are giving me, uh, very much like a sorry to bother you. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it gets as like existential and uh, like a like a commentary. Sort of. Maybe I don't know. It just but the the director for this film is named uh, Jewel Taylor, and he this is also his directorial debut. He wrote for Creed two. Yes. Wrote for Space Jam. Um. So let's see, uh, see how he does. I really hope it's a good movie because I love everyone that's been cast and that the storyline seems really interesting and it just seems like a it, it's a comedy, but it's also kind of a thriller, so it looks hilarious. I'm all for it. I'm in. 
I'm in. No, all my chips, man. Yeah, no, same. So speaking of all chips in, last topic before we move on. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday prior to the second piece to this episode coming out, you were about an hour and 20 minutes in. Um, we will say our goodbyes very kind of like very softly say goodbye because we'll be back later this week. But if you know me, and I've not really stated this on the podcast, but if you know me and if you've known me for a long time, you'll know that I love the Cloverfield franchise. Oh, yeah. I'm a sucker Brian for Cloverfield. Cloverfield. Yeah. Sucker. They just, the first two, fantastic. Just, just, I love the first person perspective. I know it was a little cheesy, but I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I just, it just really, I don't know what it is about it, but it's charming. Second one with John Goodman, even better. Man, Goodman. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Goodman. What was it? One was it one ten Cloverfield Lane? Or I've never seen it. What? What? You Yeah, have... I've never seen it. Wow. Okay. Well that's your that's your homework. Um Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna try to watch these X movies and then uh we'll get into the Cloverfields. We have see that's I don't know what we're gonna do, but it's called oh it's just called Ten Cloverfield Lane. Okay, um, Ten Cloverfield Lane might be one of the mm, ha, we talked earlier about the the limited setting. Ten Cloverfield Lane capitalizes on that in every way imaginable by adding to the lore, but also it's got that it's got the whole point of the story is that John Goodman has this girl trapped in his basement. And he's telling her that she can't go outside. And that's the story. I won't say anything more because it's so good. Um, oh, does she not like – does she not like believe him? Uh, you're just going to have to watch to find out because it oh, is – Oh, I got to see. Oh, because it was – it's so good and it's just so intriguing and it's so interesting and it's such a it's, – it's better than the original Tenfold. And then it, it, gave, it paved way to uh, the Cloverfield Paradox, which was a shift in genre for the series. But um, if you've ever seen that one, it's a prequel, and it is a more of a science fiction style rather than the the horror. It's still kind of spooky, but it is really good. And that in in just all three of them, there's I don't think there's a bad Cloverfield movie. I think all of them are in their own special way add to the lore strongly. I I just I love them, and the fact that there's going to be another one directed by Babak and Vari, who I'm not very familiar with, but it just looks. I'm so I love that they allow their creators just to be creative and add their own twist to it. I love that it is still a continuous story. They the thing that I'm gonna say that so before we continue, I have a problem. What these are the Cloverfield uh, aliens? Don't why'd you look them up, bro? I don't know. I was I I was expecting some kind of humanoid devil dog. No, dude, they have such an interesting, uh, like, like the character design is really interesting. I, I bet they go like, what? Yeah. No, dude, I, I love the Cloverfield. <sighs> I love the Cloverfield series. Um, but what I'm going to say about Cloverfield, what I like about them is that they don't demystify their villains. So, like, the problem okay. that I had with Nope, with Jordan Peele's recent movie. I love Jordan Peele's recent movie, but... The problem with Nope was that they demystified their character, their their villain too much. When they demystified the the alien, it got it, it wasn't scary anymore. It was a great film, but like for me, it was just like, well, this was all like if you would have stopped that movie seventy five percent of the way through and told me to rate it, I would have said that it was it was one of the best horror films that could to come out in the last twenty years. But because of how the last twenty five percent went, not that it's bad, but because they took away that scary and kind of showed you what it really was, it. It just kind of made it less for me. 
Um, and Cole well, I would say Cloverfield um, does not do that. Well, because Nope follows the the same sort of narrative structure as uh, Jaws. Um, Jaws can get away with buying uh, the creature because it was never mystified. It's a shark. We know what a shark is. Um, as soon as you see the fin, you know you 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 know what a shark is, and nothing. You're never going to learn anything else about shark right. once you see the shark at the end of the film. But the the alien spaceship, you know you. You have no idea. Um, and then once, once you, all you know is what people tells you. I, I do agree that I think he tells him too much. Yeah, and but I, then I also think he, he doesn't tell you enough because when he, when the, when the, the ship turns into like a big angel-looking like blade-out god, like what's it doing there? Like, yeah, I don't know what it's doing. Like why? Yeah, like what, what, what's the creature's purpose of doing that? I, I agree with you, but only see this is where I stand. If you're going to show as much as he showed, you should have explained why. But if but if you're not going to explain why it's there, you shouldn't show what it is. You should leave the mystery of what yeah. it is or why it's there with you kind of imagining what it looks like. You know what I mean? I, I hated the benevolence of the creature in that film. I I, I kind of go back on certain things that I've said about it. I just I don't like how it was kind of like cool with the main character at the end. Yeah. I don't want that from any horror movie. Horror directors, listen to me. Like, what? what's the deal with, like, you make a whole movie and then you're like, oh, yeah, the character makes friends with him at the end? Yeah. And it's like, no, I don't want that. I want the main character to get slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't care if he would have died or not. I just, if, if you're... I just was so like mild, not agitated, but I was just like, dang, I, if like, if you, an hour ago, this was such a scary movie. And now it's like, this isn't scary anymore. Like, even if I went to rewatch it, I'm not going to be scared. Like the, the listen, the feelings. I was that, scared. That, well, no, yeah. Like, like, I mean, three fourths of the way through. Yeah. Like, like the, the feeling that I had in my stomach when the creature swallowed up all those people and Steven Yoon and oh went God. over the house and then <laughs> rained them. Dude, I was, I was literally, like, I felt this type of, like, primal fear that I hadn't felt watching a horror movie in a long time. It really was just, I mean, it was great in it, that sense. It was a spectacle to behold, which is why I'm, that makes me agitated about the ending because, like, that was such a, everything leading up to the ending was awesome and the ending was good. But it's just like, man, like if you would have just stuck with what you were doing, this would have been one of the best horror films of all time. Now it's just like a it's a good Jordan Peele movie. Um, I wish that I had uh, like foreseen that they were going to use the will to photograph, um, you know, the, the ship at the end. And I just I never connected the dots. Yeah, I mean, it was a cool concept. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, so smart. Oh, I, I guess we haven't. Sorry, I'm eating grapes. I gotta stop. No, you're good. No, you're good. Because I'm recording a podcast. No, you're good. You're um, good. Excuse me. No, man, you're you're good. I don't even know what I was gonna say. What 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 were what were we on? We were on about Jordan Peele. Nope. And then we were talking about the well and how. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say that the uh, the chimp scenes were definitely stand out for me. Oh, um, yeah. oh, those were the best parts of the movie. 
and where where people say that that sort of just added to their confusion or you know they they didn't really know where peel was going with that it's like how could you not there are such obvious parallels between the ape and the uh the creature in the sky the the one-eyed one-horned flying purple right like literally like so the scenes with the chimp paralleled with steven yoon every single time like the whole point to those scenes was that you can't control these types of beasts and that's what he tried to do and he paid the price he survived once yeah and then he still continued to do it and then he didn't he didn't learn his lesson no like that was the point yeah, I, I don't know. If people didn't get that, they I think they just they didn't really pay it. They took it at face value. And you can't do that. No. Um it, it's definitely the least deep of the the peel film. Oh yeah. It could have been the scariest if it would have stuck with its track that it had laid the first three fourths, but it's still good. We're we're gonna say that us is still far scarier. Us was oh us was uh, us was scary, yeah. Yeah, us I think is a phenomenal a phenomenally scary film. Yeah. Like it's that's what it does the best. It it does everything great, but it does just horror, Shit. instilling fear so well. Yeah, I think I see. I go. I try to go. It's hard for me to rank his movies. I think I think Us was his best. Um, but I go back and forth on Nope and Get Out because at least Get Out, its ending didn't change the way I saw the rest of the film. So I want to put Nope last, but I did like Nope. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'll say that, that Nope is the the weakest of the three. I hate to with, say that, because it was still a good movie. Yeah, it's just like these Kubrick films. Like, we're going to end up rating them and ranking them and all these things. Yeah, just because it's low for one of these phenomenal directors, like, it would be still just a, a hit. And... A masterpiece for anyone else. Yeah. And with that, my friend, I think we're about ready to approach an hour and a half. I think it's time to move on. So let's go ahead and say goodbye and conclude this recording for Wednesday's upload. Hey, uh, goodbye, friends. Goodbye. Uh, be safe out there. Really. Um, just be safe while you're driving. Um, don't get into a car wreck. Yes. Use your turn signals, please. And if you ever feel down, just know that there are people out there that feel just the same way you do. And it's hard, but you'll, you'll get through it. And there are people out there that will listen to you, and you can talk to somebody. Talk to us. Yes, we will listen. We actually will. Like, legit. We might talk a lot, too. Yeah, no, like, you, but... you're going to get us in a conversation, and you're going to regret it, but... You need someone to talk yeah. to. <laughs> talk, talk oh, we to got us. you. Yeah, we got you. So, yeah. And yeah, go ahead. I, I have nothing else to add. Oh, I mean, I was just gonna say like everything you said, and and uh, and I I uh, double, I double it, I add to it just as much. So you've got all the love from both of us. Um, stay safe, everybody. Thank you guys. No, for- I'd take it back. Just talk to Ryan. Don't talk to. Him. No, no, talk to Cole. Cole, li- don't you, don't you doubt yourself, Cole. This is listen, people. This is one of the best people I've ever met in my life. So you treat him with respect <laughs> and, and talk to him if you need, because he will be there for you. Um, as will I. Um, but here finally, <laughs> I'm gonna say goodbye. Um, 
Come back to us on Friday. If you liked our news, you're going to love our deep dives into other films. If you liked the deep dives we ended up doing because we can't help ourselves but talk about it um, with the Jordan Peels and with the, with the other films that we talked about today, give us a like, give us a share, do whatever you got to do to make sure that this grows. Um, talk to us, comment, you know, text us, whatever you got to do to if get you get a If you get a tattoo of Beyond the Screen anywhere on your body, I'll give you $200. You heard it here, folks. Cole will give you two hundred bucks if you get our logo tattooed on you. Um, yeah, two hundred. Two hundred. Two big. Two two big hundreds. Um, but not if you're one of my close friends. So yeah, yeah, you're disqualified if you know Cole. You get twenty five dollars. Get to be. You get twenty five dollars if you know Cole. If you're a complete stranger <laughs> and you actually like the show and you're a fan, you get two hundred. There you go. That's how it works around here. A first giveaway. First big giveaway. Just straight couple cash. hundred uh, bennies. <laughs> yeah. Couple bennies, baby. Let's go. All right. See you guys. See you.